What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Got some games coming up this weekend that we need to talk about. Um, and you know, to start off here, if you did not listen to Tuesday's episode, we previewed Duke and Denver and North Carolina and Denver on Tuesday's show. We will be previewing Virginia Towson and Duke Robert Morris on today's show. So the Friday and Sunday Denver games, we previewed those on Tuesday. The other big games on Saturday and Sunday will be previewed today. So if you came here for Duke Denver or Duke, uh, excuse me, Denver, uh, North Carolina, Talked about that on Tuesday's show, talking about the other ones today. And while we are in season now, in the 2021 season, you know, I got to start off today's show by talking about the 2022 season, actually. Um, The Atlantic Sun, according to Inside Lacrosse, and the A-Sun has confirmed this, um, the A-Sun has applied for 2022 automatic qualifier in men's lacrosse, meaning they are going to add men's lacrosse. Now, I need to set, set the stage here for a bit, or for a second. So, the some of y'all might remember the Atlantic Sun. They had lacrosse. They did. In 2014, I believe it was. Yeah, 2014. Because 15 was the first SOCON tournament. So the ASUN had that one men's year. And then they and the SOCON got together and said, we are going to co-sponsor men's and women's lacrosse. They made an agreement to co-sponsor the game. One have the men's discipline, one have the women's. And the teams and their conferences... If you are an ASUN member and you want to add men's lacrosse, you play in the SOCON. If you are a SOCON member and you want to add women's lacrosse, you play in the ASUN. That's how it's been. No more, at least after this year, will that be the case as the ASUN is adding men's lacrosse. Now... Some of the questions I've got today include what is the A-Sun? Like, who's in the conference? And so I'll read that real quick um, in terms of the whole thing, okay? Um, because And there is some things about the A-Sun outside of lacrosse that I do have to talk about um, before we really dive in here. And th- there's some other moving parts in the um, I'd call it a revamping of the conference. So, um, the ASUN, NJIT, used to be a member of. Now they're in the America East, remember that. Bellarmine and Jacksonville are the only two men's Division One teams that are members of the Atlantic Sun. Bellarmine just joined. They made the jump from Division Two to Division One in everything. They've been D1 in lacrosse their entire um, existence, but they've been D2 and everything else. 
for as long as they've had athletics. So they moved up to D1 this year, and they're in the Atlantic Sun. Jacksonville was already in it. Jacksonville's been in it, been in it since 1998. You also have Florida Gulf Coast, Kennesaw State, Liberty, Lipscomb, was in Nashville, North Alabama, North Florida, and Stetson, which is in Deland outside of Orlando. They have Coastal Carolina and Howard as women's lacrosse associate members. They are adding Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, and Jacksonville State in Alabama. Those are all football schools, right? Eastern Kentucky was a legendary FCS football program um, back in the day. A dominant football program. Roy Kidd is one of the winningest college football coaches of all time. Roy Kidd Stadium is what they got over there in Richmond. The A-Sun wants to go FBS. They want to go FBS in football. So they're bringing in these FBS hopeful schools, Eastern Kentucky, Central Arkansas, Jacksonville State, who almost beat Auburn a few years ago, if you remember that. They're bringing them in. Oh, and Liberty is already an FBS program. Um, And I believe they do have women's lacrosse at Liberty and a pretty good club men's program. Might want to bump that up one guy. Bump that one up, guys. Uh, would love to see that. Um, got Hugh Freeze coaching football over there. Um, so the mission of this FB of this ASUN revamping, as I would call it, is they want to um, up their brand. It's a lot of lower D1 Southern schools that are more prominent in basketball. Some don't even have football like FGCU, you know, Dunk City. Um, remember that a few years ago in the NCAA tournament. Uh, what was that, 2015? And I think they were in it 2013 as well uh, when that whole Dunk City thing happened. Um, cannot remember who they upset, but they went to the Sweet 16, if I'm not mistaken. Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, add lacrosse too, guys. You know what? Everybody, add lacrosse if you want. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, as I know many of y'all are as well. So that's some background on what the ASUN is doing. They're trying to become an FBS conference. They are actually adding football in 2022. And they, I think it's 2022. And so they are going to be an FCS football conference in 2022. So competing in the same division as like, Villanova, North Dakota State, uh, James Madison, but they want to be up there with, uh, you know, Western Kentucky, Kentucky, uh, no, all the the, the the big boys, right? The ones that you see on TV, um, on, on ESPN. They want to be competing in FBS football. So they're trying to raise their image and be a, not a low-level D1 conference anymore, but a 
mid-major, a upper mid-major conference um, in D1. Having Liberty have you know, a good football program probably helps that. So where does lacrosse fit into all of this? I mentioned the SoCon ASA, <clears throat> excuse me, the SoCon ASUN lacrosse agreement. That is pretty much going out the window. Okay? That's pretty much going out the window after this year. And the ASUN's gonna do their own thing in, in lacrosse. So they're trying to be more independent is what it looks like to me. And part of adding lacrosse is part of this whole um, revamping of the conference. They want to be uh, dominant or visible in more areas than just um, the NCAA tournament every two years um, in basketball. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you can see why they're doing this, okay? Um, and lacrosse appears to be very much of this revamping, if I've not mentioned that already. Now, here's what the conference would probably look like. Bellarmine, Jacksonville are definitely going to be in there. They're full members. According to this Inside Lacrosse article, they're targeting Cleveland State and Utah as affiliate members. And I know for a fact Robert Morris is likely going to be in there. In fact, I was told in December, I think it was, Robert Morris would be playing in a lacrosse conference below the Mason-Dixon line in 2022. So, Robert Morris looks like they're heading to the A-Sun. At the time, I thought they were talking about the SOCON when I was told that. Now, after we've seen everything with the A-Sun, we can see, okay, that's where they're going. Utah, and Air, so if Utah comes in, I think Air Force goes there. So, Air Force leaves the SOCON. That leaves the SOCON with one less spot. Because Hampton is joining the SOCON in 2022. Um, I can confirm that is... I can't confirm it 100%, but I can say this. And again, I was told, it is very highly likely that Hampton is a SOCON team in 2022. Very highly likely um, that Hampton is a SOCON member in 2022. But that would leave the SOCON with Mercer, VMI, High Point, Richmond, and Hampton. That's five teams. After two years of five teams, you lose, you have a two year grace period, and then you completely lose your NCAA auto bid. So, an inside lacrosse on the, on the article on here, they've kind of said it in two scenarios. In the first scenario, is what I just laid out, uh, with Air Force and Utah both being in the A-Sun. Scenario number two that they laid out, I don't quite understand. Um, they have Hampton, High Point, Jacksonville, Mercer, Richmond, and VMI. Um, 
as the SoCon in 2022. Why would Jacksonville be competing in a other conference for lacrosse when their conference has lacrosse? I don't know. Uh, but they are not the only team that does that. Um, if you are aware, or if you're not aware, Fairfield is a MAC member, for like full MAC member, but they play lacrosse in the CAA. I don't understand that. I don't think anyone understands that, except for them. But that is a possibility Jacksonville stays in the SoCon. Another possibility is Detroit Mercy leaves the MAC and joins one of these two conferences. That would balance it out. If Detroit Mercy joins the SoCon or the ASUN and another team stays in the SoCon or Cleveland State goes to SoCon, you know, you could, it balances things out. They both get at least six. They both get that auto bid. So there's enough, like, you can work it around different ways if you want. Um, but th- 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 there's definitely um, some gray area, uh, some cloudiness that we still have to, uh, we won't fully know what is, um, know what's what until after this season. But interesting prospect of the Atlantic Sun getting back into the lacrosse space. Um, do you think it's good for the sport to have another conference in there? Um, and then, I, you know, I, I got a bunch of DMs today about, is, is this going to make the A-10? You know, add lacrosse, or you know, is the A Sun or the more teams going to add lacrosse? You know, I don't know if any more teams in the A Sun would add men's lacrosse. Um, if they did, Kennesaw State Liberty would be the uh, the two that make the most sense to me, at least if they did. Uh, but I, I know I don't really see that happening uh, in the next two three years. But uh, maybe down the road something of that nature does come about. And then again, any 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 new teams is good for the growth of the game. So A-Sun joining, uh, adding men's lacrosse in 2022. Now enough uh, conference realignment talk, although I could talk about that all day long if you wanted me to. Um, honestly, I could. So many things you could do there. Um, moving on to the games this Saturday, or this weekend, I should say. On Saturday, this is... So here, I'll go over the weekend schedule here. 3 p.m. on Friday, Duke plays Denver. Previewed that one on Tuesday, as I said. On Saturday, Notre Dame scrimmages Air Force. Cleveland State scrimmages Walsh. Uh, D3 program, I believe. And Jacksonville scrimmages Limestone. We only have three actual games on Saturday. Bellarmine plays Utah. 
Mercer plays Lenore Line. Yes, that is a real game. That is not a scrimmage. Virginia plays Towson. Uh, the Mercer and Virginia games are at 4 p.m. Uh, the Bellarmine game is at noon. I will be there in uh, attendance there. Uh, I believe they're doing like 265 attendance, but I'll be in the uh, on the media list or whatever. Um, so if going to a Bellarmine game this year, 265, I think is the attendance they're doing. First come, first serve, essentially, um, as tickets. On Sunday, we have North Carolina versus Denver at 11 a.m. And at 4, we have Duke and Robert Morris. Um, the two Denver games are on ACC Network and ESPNU. The Duke-Romo game is on ACC Network. That was announced today. It got moved there. Um, and then Virginia Towson is on ACC Network. I think a – no, it might have been the Louisville basketball game because Louisville had two basketball games canceled. They got COVID issues in the program. And I think that opened up a, a time slot for that Duke-Romo game to be on ACC Network. Um, I'm not a, certain it was that game, but I know Louisville, is, I've seen today, has a bunch of uh, at least two or three – Basketball games canceled. So let's preview these games. Towson at Virginia. The no big thing here with Virginia. Um, obviously the last time we saw them, they were losing in overtime to Brown in upset fashion. Come in now to start the 2021 season. A lot has happened this offseason with Virginia. Not They didn't get as many guys through the portal, but they did get one guy offensively. Charlie Bertrand, two-time Division II Player of the Year, two-time Division II National Champion. Had a solid start last year with Merrimack. He's coming to Charlottesville after his career at Merrimack as a grad transfer. Quarterbacking type Attackman, I think he'll fit right in there where uh, in that Michael Sa- in that Michael Krause spot where they lose him. Docs Aiken is coming back. If you missed that news, Docs Aiken is coming back. I believe that was two weeks ago now that that has been out. Matt Moore, um, Peyton Cormier is coming back. Ian Laviano is back. So. And then there's a bunch of Connor Schellenberger, uh, Xander Dixon, are two young guys that I would certainly keep my eye on this year um, for having good seasons. Um, Dixon was Dixon redshirt last year. Or was that two years ago that he redshirted? But um, yeah, he redshirted last year. I believe he was out with an injury. Um, played well as a freshman in the time that he got. Uh, Schellenberger obviously was the number one player in the country. Redshirted last year as a freshman. Uh, should contribute heavily. A lot of hype around him coming into 2021. And and so really the biggest thing for me, I kind of know what this Virginia defense is. Um, you know, we know Jared Connors is the guy 
on the back end there. You have guys like Matusi, you have Kyle Rode and Cage. It's a bit younger of a defense, um, but they're still pretty effective. Were good last year, and they don't really lose anybody on that back end. PD Lasala at the faceoff dot. Um, it, it has always been consistent, right? Um, throughout his career and was his junior year now. But the question that I have most for this Virginia team is what is this offense going to look like? Who are they going to run? And I, I know this is a separate discussion, but you know, this is essentially in a uh, positionless offense when you look at the guys they have and where they could put them. Cormier is listed as an attackman. They played him at midfield last year. I would expect them to do that same thing this year. Doc Aiken, obviously traditional midfielder. Schellenberger and Dixon both have... So Schellenberger... I would expect him to play midfield. Dixon, you know, was an attackman in high school. He has yet to play that traditional attack role at Virginia. And I mentioned he was out last year with an injury, but uh, even his freshman year, they put him at midfield. So expect a little bit of that, some maybe mixing and matching at that midfield um, is what I would expect early on. But I think this attack is pretty solid especially with Botrond. I think this offense in general is solid with Botrond leading the way. That's the biggest question I have, though, is what is Charlie Botrond going to do? And and and, and again, like I want to preface this. This is game one after everything that happened last year and everything that's still going on. Nothing is going to be perfect I would expect them there to be some guys missing from the lineup when they put out their starters on uh, social media on Saturday. I, I just expect that. Expect that every single week that there's going to be guys that you expected to play that they're not playing because of contact tracing or whatever the reason may be. Expect that. That's going to happen. So anything can happen this year. And you need to expect that from the get-go. Too many people did not expect that and were shocked and stunned. I have all you, the messages I was sent. Shocked and stunned when Denver couldn't score a goal in the what, first quarter. I'm saying, hold on, guys. It's the first game. They have not practiced without 10 people. Or they've only practiced in pods of 10. Relax. Let things gel. It's going to take a bit more time than people think this season. Or than people originally thought. That might not be true for all teams. But will be true for some. Is that true for Virginia? I don't know. Defensively, I don't think we'll see that much of a lack. Or of a lag. Offensively, yeah. We could see that with this Virginia squad with a new face like Botron running uh, point there, or running X. Looking at Towson, this is a team that is looking to bounce back from an 0-6 start last year. Um, simply put, this team was pathetic last year. I, rem- I remember watching them against Johns Hopkins in that opener. 
And that did not look like Towson. It just did not. Did not look like Towson. They could not win a face-off to save their life. Their defense was pretty bad. Their offense was even worse. Um, They have got a lot of dudes back. And that's why I do have faith in this Towson team. Especially on defense. Kobe Smith leading the way at close. Shane Brennan in cage. I like both of those guys. Now, and their offense is pretty good. Their offense is pretty good when you know, they return a good chunk of guys from last season. And you know, as I pull up the uh, roster from last year, I remember, um, I should have written the roster down, uh, at least some of the offensive guys, but I did not hear my notes. Should have done that. Um, but if I remember, like most of the guys, okay, here's the 2021 roster. You had Austin Stewart, who was a sophomore last year. Brody McLean, I believe he uh, he's back. John Maz is gone. James Avizanto is back. And like none of those, McLean's the only one that had over that had double digits. He had nine goals, three assists, 12 points. They've got to get more going. Now, if they can fix their woes at the faceoff dot, that won't be an issue. It just won't because they'll have possession. We know what Towson can do with possession. We've seen it with some of these guys playing not uh, a premier, not being the premier guy on offense, but being a secondary a role player playing very well with guys like Brendan Sunday um, two years ago. So we'll see how that Towson team how that Towson team looks. Uh, certainly looking de- more of a defensive monster again this year. Um, we'll see how they do at the faceoff dot. They were one of the worst faceoff teams last year. If I didn't mention that, um, like they were. 70th or something like that, like pretty low. Um, down there with Rutgers, who is terrible as well. Uh, so we'll see how they do at the faceoff dot. We'll see how uh, this defense is. At Kobe Smith, one of the best polls. I would argue it's JT Giles Harris, Kobe Smith as the top two defensemen in the country this year. Um, obviously, uh, can't put Chris Fake in that conversation, unfortunately. Moving on to Duke and Robert Morris. The Colonials have their best team ever. Their most talented team in program history. There's no other way to put it. Um, does that mean that this is going to be an upset? As I mentioned on the last podcast, Duke has had some early season upsets. And I'm not even gonna. I'm not even really gonna talk about Duke on this one because I've already talked about them in depth. But we'll talk about uh, Robert Morris here. So do they upset Duke? I don't think so. Could it happen? Sure, anything can happen. Uh, but I just don't see it happening. Um, the one thing I will say about Duke is how do they respond after playing Denver? That's the one thing. And I think if they win. They might respond differently than if they lose. I think they'll win, but if they lose, will they respond differently? 
Probably. I still think they win this game, but that is something to watch. How does Duke respond after playing on Friday and then having to play again on Sunday? Looking at Robert Morris, this is an offense that is straight fire. The best mid-major offense in the country. Jimmy Perkins is back for a seventh year of college lacrosse. Austin Popovich and Ryan Smith are both back as fifth-year seniors. That is that, that, my fellas, is just the tip of the iceberg of this offense. Like, there is depth upon depth that we saw step up last year. Young talent that we saw step up last year for this RMU team. So this offense, you know, top the the top soil is ripe. It is it, it is ready to go. It is ready to grow. It's ready to go. This is a offense that you know, and look, they didn't have Jimmy Perkins last year. Remember that. But they had him in 2019. So they get him back. And this is, I mean, they went 4-2 and two last year. Were pretty solid. Had some struggles in some games. I think with, with, Pop, with uh, Perkins rejoining Popovich and Smith, um, I think some of those struggles offensively go away that they did have at times. Uh, Jake Bordreau is back. Brendan Solhoff is back. Uh, Elliot Holden is back. I mean, this is a... And all those guys had double digits last season. So, I mentioned, the top soil is just crisp and everything beneath it is... I mean, it's ready to boast. Ready to boast offensively. Now, defensively is a little bit of a different situation... Um, you have Sean Vines, uh, LSM as the best pull, I would say. Um, and then in cage, you know, it's going to be a situation that I'm going to watch this year because Ben Savick and Grant Coop, uh, Koopman both played, both saw time last year. Who gets to start? I don't know. They essentially split the season last year. Um, and who got to start? And so that'll be one to watch there at the faceoff dot. No, who uh, me at the um and and goal? Who gets to start there at the faceoff dot? I mean, I you know Michael Archery has been a solid guy for them, but I don't think they have anybody that's better than Jordan Gendo, Jake Nasso. Dan O'Connell um, at Duke. The other two games here, Bellarmine versus Utah and Mercer and Lenore Vine. I would hope Mercer beats Lenore Vine. It would be pretty embarrassing if they didn't. Um, Bellarmine, Utah, I'm going to be at that game. That is one that, kind of a sneaky game because... Both teams coming off, uh, well, both teams coming off good performances. Bellman got the win. Utah got the uh, had the loss, but hard fought game against Denver, nine to eight loss there, and almost came back at the end. So two teams that are feeling kind of good about where they're at. Um, you know, 
Utah looking it's the Utah's first trip here to Louisville. Uh, so we'll see how they do. Um, I, I'm thinking Utah should win that one, uh, but will be a good game. That is all for today's show. Enjoy the games this weekend, and don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, we're on Google Podcast, we're on iHeartRadio. Did you know iHeartRadio had podcast? I did not. Um, we're on there as well now. So you can find us multiple podcast platforms. Leave if if you're on an Apple device, leave the five star review. Um, I don't think there's any other ones that you can do the reviews on, but I know you can on the uh, Apple device. But I uh, don't think you can on any other ones, unfortunately. Uh, so if you are on Apple, leave the five star review. Connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My personal at Tanner underscore Demling. LacrosseBucket.com is the website. We'll have a, a full weekend preview up by the time y'all are listening to this, um, as well as continuing our uh, Black lacrosse stories series um along with uh you know in honor of black history month have a great weekend enjoy the games they're on tv lacrosse season is here